Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 139. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Today is Listener Question Friday, and I recently received an email about asset allocation. And I thought that would be a good topic to podcast about. So we're going to call this episode Asset Allocation. Asset Allocation is how you decide to divide up your equities and fixed income, also known as stocks and bonds. And it's determined by your risk tolerance and in order to minimize your risk and maximize your returns. Think of it like a pie. And the pie is cut into varying sized pieces. And each piece of the pie is called an asset class. Asset classes are things like large cap growth, which means large capitalization growth, which is large companies on the growth side, the faster growing companies, large cap value, or companies that might be slower growing, undervalued, more traditional, Uh, mid-cap growth, medium capitalization growth companies, mid-cap value, small-cap growth, small-cap value. Those would be companies typically under a billion dollars in market value. And then international stocks, real estate investment trusts, commodities, emerging markets, some different bonds, and a little bit of cash perhaps. The overriding concept is that it's difficult to determine which asset class or piece of that pie will actually perform the best. So you want to have a little bit of a lot of different asset classes. Traditional asset allocation is broken down by mainly three ways, aggressive investors, moderate portfolios, and conservative portfolios. And most investors feel that they will fit into one of those categories, but a lot of that is determined by simply your age and how much time you have to invest. So typically for an aggressive portfolio, most people would say if you have 20 or more years until retirement, that you could be an aggressive investor. If you're moderate, You might have less than 20 years, but more than five to seven years until retirement. And conservative might have five to seven years until retirement or is in retirement. And this is not a hard and fast rule, but what you should realize is that a lot of people are not aggressive enough with their portfolios. That's usually the side that they err on, is that they're not aggressive enough. But It's obviously not a good thing to push you into something that's too risky, but what you want to do is have lots of different things that you're invested in so that your risk is less, but the term aggressive means that you can tolerate some different fluctuation in the portfolio, that you can have some higher growth rates, which is what everybody needs until retirement or higher growth rates, you know, from the six steps to wealth, it's all about compounding. And typically, 
the more aggressive portfolios will compound at a higher rate just by their nature of being more invested in equities. So moderate, again, determined by your age, your risk tolerance, etc. Conservative, same thing. But again, where people often err is to say, well, I'm conservative, I don't want to take risk. But that's a huge mistake. If you're a young person and have more than 20 years until retirement, you don't want to say, well, I'm conservative, because the portfolio is going to put you into things that are very slow growing. And so you won't have a chance to have the higher growth rates, you won't have a chance to have the higher compounding rates to really accumulate wealth for yourself. So really, the good thing to do here is to try to realize that if you look at your time horizon, that should be your most important guide. So you want to definitely consider all of those things when you're looking at your risk tolerance and determining which portfolio is right for you. So what are some traditional asset allocation models and what do they look like? Well, for a long-term growth investor, you might want to consider an aggressive asset allocation such as 90% in stocks and 10% in bonds. For a moderate investor, you should consider an asset allocation that would be something like 70% stocks and 30% bonds. And maybe as a conservative investor, you'd have more of an asset allocation of 50% equities and 50% bonds. And the idea being that you would want to preserve more rather than grow more of the money that's invested. So here's an asset allocation model I found that I really like. Uh, and again, there's no hard and fast rule about what asset allocation model is exactly perfect. So uh, this is just, you know, a guide, something to take with a grain of salt and to consider, but it's not a hard and fast rule. There is no hard and fast asset allocation model that everybody has to have. For the aggressive portfolio, you'd want to look at something like 14% in large cap growth companies, 17% in large cap value. And again, you could be looking at mutual funds, you could be looking at exchange traded funds, uh, you can often just plug them right into these formulas and uh, come up with your total portfolio. You also want to have uh, small and mid cap growth, and that would be 9% in an aggressive portfolio. Small and mid-cap value would be 10%. REIT, real estate investment trust, about 6%. International, 23%. Emerging markets, 5%. High yield, which are those lower rated bonds, corporate bonds. Uh, in this portfolio, there are actually zero high yield bonds and only 10% other bonds and no treasury protected bonds, so no other, otherwise known as TIPS, and 6% in commodities. Those would be things like precious metals, agriculture, and things like that. You've got a preponderance of equities in the aggressive model, which is what you want. For a moderate portfolio, it would look more like this. It would have a little bit less of the large caps, it would have a little bit less of the small cap, small mid cap, a little bit less of real estate, a little bit less in international and emerging markets, but it would have a little bit of an allocation to those high yield or low rated corporate bonds. And it would have a much larger allocation to 
other bond funds, and it would have an allocation to treasury-protected securities, which are the securities that go up when there's inflation. Uh, your, your rate of return can increase in those treasuries, but they're government bonds, so they're very safe. So what is the allocation for a moderate portfolio? Well, we're looking at about 11% large cap growth, 14% large cap value, 4% in the small to mid growth, 7% in the small to mid value, 4% real estate, 14% international, 2% emerging markets, 2% high yield, 25% in bonds, and 8% in tips, treasury protected securities. 4% in commodities, and 5% in cash. Now, let's look at the conservative portfolio. In a conservative portfolio, you'd have about 5% large cap growth, 8% large cap value. We're going to skip the small and mid equities altogether. We're going to skip real estate altogether. International, 5%. Emerging markets, 2%. High yield bonds, 4%. Other bonds, 45%. Treasury protected securities or TIPS, 16%. Zero in commodities and 15% in cash. So obviously in the conservative portfolio, you have a preponderance of your money in bonds. And that is meant to be a preservation vehicle, a way to not take risk on that, not have growth on that just to preserve what you have and earn some interest. However, because we're in the the 30-year cycle of interest rates being low, just realize that we are in a rising interest rate environment and when interest rates rise, bond valuations can fall. So what I'm recommending is that you don't have any long-term bonds in your portfolio because those are most aggressively affected when interest rates rise. So I recommend you stick with more of a short-term maturity in your bonds so that you don't have as much risk when interest rates rise. You don't have risk of loss of the value of the bonds as interest rates rise because interest rates and the value of bonds do move inversely. So as interest rates go up, the value of bonds goes down. And as interest rates go down, the value of bonds go up. And it just so happens that we've had a 30-year period of interest rates declining, so bond valuations have gone up tremendously. And that makes bonds look really good when you're doing uh, when you're looking at hypotheticals of past performance and looking at, well, where have we been and how have bonds performed? But it isn't going to be the same going forward because as interest rates cannot decline from 18% or 20% to near zero again because they're starting at near zero. So we're going on the 30-year cycle the other way where interest rates are going to be likely rising for the next 30 years. Not necessarily in a straight line and not necessarily all at once, of course, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind that it will provide what I call a headwind against the value of, bo of bonds because they are going to decline in value when interest rates rise. So those are things to be aware of. There's no hard and fast rule. There's no absolute here. It's more of an art than a science. And you just want to make sure that 
you have your acid allocation models covered, that you are matching your risk tolerance and the time horizon that you have until retirement, and that you're being as aggressive as you can be with your portfolio so that you can get the growth that is going to be to your benefit. That's all for this week. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.